Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick were awesome. Welcome to the 49er Faithful UK show. It's December and it's week 13 and the 8-3 and three Miami Dolphins make the long flight to Santa Clara to face the 7-4 and four Niners and bring some familiar faces with them. The league's number three offence facing off against the number one defence. Huge thanks to the NFL for not flexing this game into a primetime red eye, you utter fools. I'm Gareth Ellis and here stoking up the hype train, it's Najee Karar. Hello everyone. And making some time for us out of his busy content creation schedule, it's Paul Ho. Hi, everyone. Cheers for that, Gareth. Welcome. Uh, it's fair to say, lads, I've been looking forward to this one. How are you feeling about the game? Yeah, it's a good one. It should be fun. Definitely. Yeah, more excited now it's not on Sky. It's not the Red Eye game. And yeah, it's two high-powered offences going against each other. So I'm looking forward to this one. So where do we start with the coaches? I think X-Niners OC Mike McDaniel returns to face his old boss as head coach of the Dolphins. Some mind games in this one this week, lads. How are the, how are the coaches going to prepare for uh, someone they know very well on both sides? Yeah, we could see mind games, but uh, I don't know. I think Kyle knows Mike quite, quite well, doesn't he? So I, I think he's got the edge. He's obviously got more experience. Um, but McDaniel's been it's been really well, and I think he's he's found a, a nice home in Miami, and, and everything he's done is done has been clicking, and he's found his quarterback. All I could see this week was videos of him and Tua chopping it up and having fun, and um, so yeah, it, it's interesting. But you know, usually in the NFL, disciples I forgot. Um, you know, Belichick, every time Belichick plays one of his old coaches, he beats them or they're thereabouts anyway. Um, so I hope Kyle can start his legacy in the NFL the same way and just beat everybody that is tree. Uh, you know, when he's 60 years old, uh, his massive tree that he will have created. Uh, it starts on Sunday. I'm thinking it's more Ryan's versus McDaniel this week, Gareth. Um, like mm. like Nancy said there, if you look at how the Dolphins have played, McDaniel's definitely taken the playbook and the scheme. And they do a lot what we do. They do a lot of pre-motions before snaps. They've got the speed. Like Nancy said, we were all fans of McDaniel. Um, I mean, you think back to the senior bowl when John Lynch is speaking gushingly about him and McDaniel stuck in the background. Shitting, Hell yeah, John, I'm that guy. And they've got a lot of love <laughs> for each other. And I think yeah. both of them will have had this circled on the calendar Shanahan. And McDaniel. Um, my only concern, Gareth, believe it or not, is the weather. Because I do believe that it could be cold. There's chance of snow, I've seen on some reports. Definitely rain. So I hope Mr Gowland and Mr Ludlam are fully prepared. Because I don't think it's going to be as sunny as it was last week in uh, Santa Clara. Yeah, I can see someone getting the blame for bringing the weather with them. Um, <laughs> possibly. Oh, yeah, we're looking forward to this one, I think, from the beginning. Um, hopefully, I'm not speaking too early, but Shanahan does seem to have had a little bit of the measure on some of the guys who've worked underneath him. Lafleur, McVeigh, obviously. Yep. He does seem to, to somehow be able to um, get one over on them. Uh, so I'm hoping this continues and we don't have uh, uh, the... Uh, 
the apprentice beating the master on this one. Uh, injury report, lads. Let's start with that. There's a, there's a few names on the report for both teams, I think, Naji. Yeah, so if we want to start on our side, uh, obviously um, we, we had two games where we didn't have any injuries and uh, unfortunately last week uh, started happening again. So Elijah Mitchell is actually going to be out for six to eight weeks. He sprained his MCL in the other knee, uh, so that's a little bit annoying. Uh, so that's two sprain and <laughs> basically as soon as he came back. So we won't see him un- unless we play the Super Bowl, I think. He might be back. I think that's what uh, eight weeks brings us. Um, that's a shame, especially after trading Wilson and all that. Uh, and then we've got Burford, McCaffrey, or many who uh, all didn't practice, uh, all with knees or ankles. We'll keep an eye on now. Uh, we're, we're taping this Thursday night, so we only have the Wednesday practice report, which is uh, obviously the first one and the least important one. That's the one usually a veteran take a day, a rest and everything. Um, I think on the good side, we have Armstead actually limited uh, already during the week. His practice is on the field. He's jumping around, catching ball, as, as Paul mentioned earlier. Uh, and Debo is still dealing with his... Uh, oh, no, he got, a, he got a contusion on his quadriceps, so he's got a nice bruise. Uh, he was limited too. Uh, and Jimmy, his knee is absolutely fine. He was full participant. So that's on our side. That's what we've got. On their side, they've lost two massive pieces, which is uh, Teron Amstead and Austin Jackson, right tackle and left tackle. Uh, don't think they either will play. They say Armstead might be. We'll see. Keep an eye on that throughout the week. Uh, I think what people might be interested in is uh, the two running back, Wilson and Mostart. Uh, it looks like Wilson is not even on the injury report, so it'll be good to go. And uh, Mostart has been uh, limited and is uh, questionable so far. So uh, we'll see again. Keep an eye on that. The two big ones is Teron Armstead, which obviously was the big free agent signing, apart from uh, another name we'll come to soon. And Austin Jackson, uh, they've been playing really, really well on the line. Uh, there, there was a start, I think, last week against the Texans they played. Uh, as soon as Teron Amstead left the game, Tua got sacked five times in in one half of football and uh, could have almost been hurt. There was one that was really, that looked really, really bad. Mm-hmm. I watched on a highlight. Uh, so the, their line is drastically weaker without those two guys. Somebody is uh, licking his chop and knowing now, <laughs> I think. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But that's that's what I've got. Uh, obviously, it's early week, so keep an eye out, guys, and things might change on game day. Mm, I think fairly fairly even on that. We we may be either without, um, but certainly on the offensive line, that's going to be a big loss for Miami. Bit of a disturbance. Um, I have no idea what their backups are like, um, but Not certainly very good. in the O line, for starter down to backup is is usually a bit of a gap. Yeah, especially ways, isn't it? Especially Tyron Armstead, I think. Pro bowler, was he? Yeah, probably. Number one free agent on the 101 free agent list last year or something like that. One of those, you know, all pro left tackle when when they play at that level. Very good, very good left tackle. So if he's not playing, that's going to be a lot easier for Hardy Line. Mm. So even with the pieces missing on the O-line, the Miami Dolphins offense is going to pose quite a problem, I think, for our so far monstrous defense. It's certainly going to be a step up from the offenses we faced in the last few weeks. What do you think the Miko's plan is going to be to blow holes in a pretty effective Dolphins offense? Uh, To me, the battle is uh, their wide receiver and our secondary. And I think we're going to have to do a much better job than we did against the Chiefs. 
And then this is where my uh, concerns are a little bit because we really didn't look that good against the Chiefs. I know Mooney Ward was coming back from injury. I know we didn't have Jimmy Ward. We were very, very injured at the time. Um, and uh, yeah, we didn't play well that game at all. So maybe it was just we didn't play well. But uh, yeah, this is where to me the matchup is. Can we stop Jalen Waddle? Can we stop Tyree Kill? Um, no one has been able to so far this season. So uh, definitely a big challenge. I said stop, but I think we're going to do exactly what we did to Cooper Cup and D-Hop is limit what they do. Do not allow big plays. Keep it all in front of you, rally to the ball, make the tackle. And I know we can do that. Bend, 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 shorten the field, shrink it, and then it's easier to defend. So it's a big test. It's a great test for Fanga and Gibson and uh, Lenore and Mooney Ward. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. Cool. Defensive side for the Niners? Yeah, like we were talking off air, Gareth, so Tua has been very consistent this season. He's been very accurate. And he's actually just ahead of Jimmy for the most consecutive pass attempts without an interception. And I think Nadji said it just before we press record that our front seven are going to have a, a job getting after him because his release is so quick. And McDaniel's done similar to what Kyle did with Jimmy when Jimmy first came over from New England and he slimmed the playbook down. They've spread the ball around. We didn't get after Mahomes as much as we wanted to. I think the Chiefs went after Borsa and I wouldn't be surprised to see the Dolphins do that again. So the fact that Armstead has been back in practice could help because obviously if you look at the metrics, Gareth, we've been elite in everywhere apart from third and short where mm. we're not doing very well there. And I think yeah. that proves that teams run on us because Armstead hasn't been there. So if you get Armstead back, I'd love to see Drake Jackson and Nick Borsa have some monster games and you know get after Tua and maybe eradicate what Nadji's saying there. If you're getting after the quarterback and if you're hurrying him and if you're pre- pressuring him and he can't get the ball to these speedsters, it could be a good test, but Mooney Ward's fully fit. Um, like Nadji said, the bend but not break mantra. This will be a massive test for Ryans. If we win this one and the defence puts up a masterclass, I think you can just rubber stamp Ryans being a head coach somewhere else. If he can stop this offence, uh, I think that's for me, is the matchup. What about you? Anything we've missed out, Gareth? No, but I think the best way to keep Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle uh, out of the game is is to attack Tua. And we talked about it with the weakness potentially on the on the offensive line. I I think we need to to rattle him. I think the uh, the crowd, yeah, Lee and, and Nick need to get loud, uh, give him a, a bit of a hostile atmosphere. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily going to put him off too much. But it, it's it's got an offense like ours that relies on on timing and, and precision and anything we can do to to throw that off. And the best way to do that is a bit of crowd noise and get in the backfield. And I think that's going to be uh, critical, really. If we can do that, it doesn't matter how open Tyreek Hill is or, or how fast he's going. If, if Tua has shown that he's pretty good on those broken plays, so we need to be fairly disciplined on it as well. Uh, and of course, there is a risk if we flush him, if people move up from the, from the linebacker position, then maybe space behind. Uh, and, and we may be at risk of giving away a few chunk plays. But I think we've got to be aggressive rather than try and just contain them because I think Miami are probably good enough just to keep those first downs ticking over and get down into the, into the red zone, where admittedly we have been good. Um, but if you can keep doing that all of, the, all of the time and obviously keep their offense on the field, that's going to work well, well for them. So I, I think being a little bit aggressive, I think some well-timed blitzes, 
uh, and what we've seen before, which is which is all those red shirts swarming into the ball uh, and not messing about, wrapping players up, get these guys down, make them fight for every single inch, let alone every single yard. If not, I, I'm concerned that Daniel and Tua might be able to find some holes because we have seen those those holes appear in the past game. If if the plays get extended, uh, people do seem to find some way of, of getting open in our secondary. So uh, over to the uh, Niners' offense, I guess the Dolphins have only the 15th ranked defense, but it has improved since the arrival of back Bradley Chubb mid-season. How do you think Shanahan is going to set about attacking the weaknesses of the Dolphins' D? Paul, let's start with you. Impressed that you've dropped where they are in the rankings, Gareth. See, the stats are getting spread around on this show. Yeah, well, so, to be you've, fair... You've set a standard now. We've, uh, yeah. we've got to keep up. Yeah, we keep everyone guessing. Because like you said, preparing for tonight, they, they are allowing 23.3 points per game. And most people think, oh, that's all right. But we only scored 13 last week. So, for me... I think Kyle Shanahan's going to have to go into his bag of tricks, which he normally says for the Rams game. Um, obviously, I personally believe CMC will be playing. I know Nadji mentioned on the injury report, but I think he was kitted up, Nadji, and he went through the walkthrough. And I think it's yeah. just a precaution. Yeah. I think we could see Tevin Coleman. I know there's been mm -hmm. a lot of hype Definitely. about Jordan Mason. Um, I don't think Kyle's quite there yet, Gareth, with trusting Jordan Mason. So I think you're going to see a lot of Coleman. On Sunday, I think you're going to see a mixture of what we've done well this season. I think we're going to run the ball. We're going to try and establish the run, control the clock. Because like you said, sometimes the best way to counteract a good offense is keep them off the field. Mm -hmm. And like we did against the Saints, that last six minutes when we punted the ball back, we just kept... They didn't, sorry, when they punted the ball back, we just didn't give it back to them. I think Jimmy is in for a big game and Alex Simpson was on with us last week. I don't think he turns the ball over this week. I think Jimmy's going to continue that rich vein of luck, I will add, Nadji, um, because I don't think he's going to go for the deep ball. I think it's going to be a lot of the yards after the catch. I think it's going to be a lot of Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. I'm hoping George Kittle could play, but one of the ones I've been keeping an eye out for is Tyler Croft, because I think if Croft plays, he's quite good in the blocking scheme, and I think it might free Kittle up to be the pass-catching tight end that we want. So that's Something I'm keeping an eye on. Have I missed anything there, Nadji, on the offensive side of the ball? No, you've covered it all. Uh, we can pack it and uh, go home. Oh. No, I agree. Um, I think it's going to be important to limit the amount of uh, possession they get because they are so explosive. They can score pretty much anywhere around the field with somebody like Tyreek Hill. Uh, so you want to not allow that to happen by keeping them on the bench. That's always an, a very easy recipe. But I, I think we're just going to play the game we've been playing so far. I'm going to repeat it again. I think we're a past first down team now with CMC on the field, um, just because it gives us the best chance to, to convert those first down and not be in, in those long first down that Jimmy really likes to complete. Um yeah, I think they've got a very good D-line. As you said, Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, they're pretty good and they can get after you. So one way to counter that is throw it short behind them. Trust the Yak bros to do their job because they've got a very good secondary too. I think Xavier Howard is is awesome. He's been you know, a playmaker and a ball hawk. Uh, I wouldn't want to see those long balls because I'm not sure he's not going to pick one and, and returning to the house. They've got Jevon Holland, who's a, a very good free safety. I know they're missing a couple of, of corners, but they're still they're still pretty good. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name. Ig Igbinogene, 
uh, as a rookie, he's been playing pretty well. Yeah, I, I wouldn't try and attack their secondary too much, and uh, I would try and rely on, on the Yak Bros. I think this is a game where Kittle could could pop off um, because their linebacker group is not as talented as the rest of uh, their D-line or, or their uh, secondary. So, uh, yeah, just give it to George. We, we need a George game. So uh, what about this one? You know, remind the, remind McDaniel what, what George can do. Yeah, you've covered all the all the points I think I, I was going to make um, at the risk of uh, repeating. I think McDaniel may well try to go deep, go for some big scores early because I think he knows that we're built to be close and 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 built to make play from in front. If we get behind a score or two scores quickly, he knows that's going to be absolutely the last place we're going to be. So if our defence can stop that, I think then it does give chance to have that ball control offence, which I think you're, you're right, Najee. It's going to be more short passing. Uh, I don't know uh, that he's, he's going to want to put too many uh, carries in the hands of CMC. Um, you're right. I'm not sure, even though he did play well at the end there, whether Jordan Mason uh, fully has the trust. But on the other hand, it might be one player that McDaniel hasn't seen. Uh, and he may be making a point to say, well, you can have Wilson and Moster. I, I can find these guys anytime I need uh, and, and look what I can do with them. Because I, I think he did play well. And, and there was a certain amount of trust with him salting the game away, put the ball in his hands time and time again. Uh, fair enough, we probably had the game won, but it still showed, I think, some level of trust. In, in There's a little bit of pressure, I think, on that, particularly on a, on a rookie, to, to come in and carry that load and run out the clock on your own. So we may see a bit more Jordan Mason, perhaps, than, than, than we expect. But I, I want to see us have that ball control offence, because you've you covered it. That's the best way to keep the, the Dolphins quiet, is keep them on the bench. Uh, keep them quiet in the first half get some long drives in the third quarter and, and they can sit there on the bench and watch the game uh, get away from them. We did that against the Cardinals. We did that a little bit more against the Saints and, and it's back to 2019. I don't remember the amount of times when we were beating teams and you could see their opposing offences just sitting in the third quarter on their, on the sidelines, just beaten, you know, wanting to go home and thinking, we if we don't get on the field and score next time, we're, we're done and, and just watch those first downs for the Niners keep ticking over. So I think that's that's there's going to be no secret, I think, in the way we're going to try and control the offence. And I think the key for that is for our offensive line to have a, a better game than we did against the Saints to get it back to that Cardinals level. Keep Jimmy clean. And, and we've seen. Jimmy can find the passes, he's got the patience and he's got the safety valve in CMC and we can always turn what used to be perhaps sacks or, or throwaways, we turn them into three or four yards now. Um, and that's that's kind of all you need to do. If you can do that on first down, you, you've, you've set up a nice second down, you can make sure you're in third and short, you keep the clock ticking over uh, and, and we've got enough, I think, to, to keep that rolling fingers crossed uh i'm sure mcdaniel has has a plan or at least he sat down with his defensive coordinator uh, and talked about that I, I think we've covered it but is is there a is there a critical uh player or position group where you think the game is going to be won or lost i've just got one thing that mm. we've missed out of and it's nadji and mine equal man crush fred warner nadji I think we've overlooked the importance of Warner because we can just send for after the quarterback. But I think Warner's in for a big game this week, Nadji. I think he might be the one that's, you've got the freedom to go and blitz, go after him. You've got, like you said, um, Greenlaw and Al Shire playing well. Hufanga as well, 
the more Nadji said this to me in Leeds, the more I watch for it every week, Gareth, that Hafanga's just got that knack, that big playmaking ability where mm. he's Ryan's has allowed him. If you see something, go get it. And like you were saying about the skill players, Nadji, they're gonna have not faced people like Warner, Hafanga. They might catch the ball, Gareth, but like Hafanga showed last week when he laid it out on Kamara. The weather I mentioned, they're coming from the East Coast. It's going to be a little bit colder in Santa Clara. It's December. We're heading into playoff football. And as much as the Dolphins have looked good on the South Beach, are they going to be able to do it in the cold? And I just think Ryan's may utilise Fred Warner and I'm hoping for a big game. It's got nothing to do with the fact that I've just bought a Fred Warner jersey, Nadji. <laughs> I'm fully on board with the MVP. But I just wanted to get that in, Gareth, because I thought you, we've covered it quite well. But right. I, I was just looking at my notes. And again, Nick Bosa, we keep saying, He's not having the season we want him to have, but he's still making history. I think he's the fifth player since 2000 to have 10 sacks in his first 10 games. And if he can get one sack a game to the rest of the season, I'd be happy. But like Nadji, I want that two or three or four sack game. Mm. Fingers crossed. If we say it enough on this pod, gents, it might happen. <laughs> we keep saying it might happen. It will eventually happen. Um, yeah, there's one thing that we did, we haven't mentioned, which is kind of a, on a on a higher level, not necessarily about the game itself. But this is an out of conference game, and uh, and the Dolphins' schedule ahead after us is pretty gnarly. They have to play the Patriots. They have to play the Jets. They have to play within conference people. Um, so they might have their sight already turned towards this because the AFC East is pretty tight right now and they don't really care about us. They don't really they, they want to win that AFC East race. Maybe their attention isn't quite solely uh, on this game. So th- there is a chance, you know, with the travel and, and all that, they, they, they might just quit a little bit earlier than they would. Or if it's a little bit more difficult, this might turn into an easy game for us just because they have bigger fish to fry so uh maybe uh something I mean, they're professional so it shouldn't happen but they're also humans and uh and uh, they've got massive massive game coming up um which may be more important so uh um, hopefully they deem that they don't have to play this one and we can have an easy win <laughs> <laughs> an easy win an easy win i like i like your optimism so if there was a game to go bold I think it's going to be this one. Uh, what have you got for us? I think Lee has given us a little bit of challenge, claiming he's he's had some bold predictions of his own. Who's going first? I'm going first. I've mentioned his name. I want Kill to have a big game. I think he's going to score three touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say yards because I just think it's going to be a low yard. I think he'll have one long one, uh, but he'll, he will score three touchdowns. Cool. Well, I gave one away earlier. Where I said Jimmy isn't going to have an interception. Now, this one doesn't seem as bold, and I picked up my boy Fred Warner. I think Fred intercepts Tua on Sunday night, and he's only thrown three interceptions all season. Now, I'd love to say it's going to go back for a pick six. I'm I'm on the fence, but I definitely think we are going to get that pressure, and I think we're going to get the interception. And at the risk of repeating, I said Kittle at the start of the show, I think Kittle is going to be in for a monster game, possibly 100 yards and at least one touchdown. So on that note, Gareth, I'm going to hand up to you. Mm, well, I've got I've gone for a, a three threes. I think I I think we do a big game from Debo. I think he has been warming up a little bit, and I think this might be the game. I don't know why, but I'm going for three TDs from Debo. Nice. I'm going for three sacks from Bosa, and three turnovers from the defense. Nice, nice. So, I, I think that's a good point. I think the turnover battle on mm. a game like this will have to be positive in our favour if you want to win it. We cannot, cannot lose the turnover battle. I think that's very, very important on Sunday. 
I think there is an opportunity there if we can if we can get ahead and force the Dolphins to want to go for those big plays, and we can rattle Tua a little bit. There's an opportunity there, and of course our our just general tackling and then hitting, and we forced a couple of fumbles. They seem to be bouncing our way. Obviously, the uh, the one against the Saints on the goal line could have <laughs> gone anywhere, yeah. uh, including for a touchdown. So uh, I think we got a little bit of luck there. But uh, a unit like this, you make your own luck. Uh, I think they deserve it. We've we've had a bit of poor luck on the fumble stakes uh, recently, and I I think we can get after the Dolphins while they have to take a little bit more of a high risk strategy. But that all uh, that all hinges on us building a little bit of a lead and getting them a little bit frustrated. So score predictions. I'll I'll, uh, I'll go first because I'm usually last. Um, nice. Fairly fairly conservative. Shall we? Uh, so the. So we're four points favourite as we it are. stands. Four point five. Four point. Oh, you got four point five. I've got four oh. here, but yeah, four point four five. I think that's massively due to the their whole line uh, dropping up, uh, and it's a forty six and a half uh, over under. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit conservative. That I have got a Niners win at thirty one twenty seven. Oh, I'm going to jump in because I actually had pretty much the same. Uh, I had 31-25, uh, one touchdown difference, basically. Yes. Um, uh, I'll go. I'll go 31-24, just to make it a one touchdown difference. I think that's cover the four points. See, El Presidente Gareth, he dropped a mm-hmm. message in the group earlier saying he'd recorded Tales from the Bay with Larry Kruger and Ryan Smith, and we weren't allowed to listen to that, so we'd <laughs> recorded this one. So I'm dying to know his score prediction, but when you've read yours out, I'm. I was torn between two, but I'm going to go with the one that I said this afternoon. I'm going to go with 27 to 24 Niners win. And mm. I don't think we have an easy night, Nadji, on no. Sunday. I think it's going to be an entertaining matchup, but yeah. obviously I've gone for a Niners win, but 27 24 is what I've gone for. Nice. All three wins. Uh, no surprises there. Uh, there's been a few comments, I think, on, the, on some of the groups and, and social media that this three game run, Dolphins. Buccaneers and and Seahawks is going to be critical. How how do you see it before we uh, go into the first of the three? Yeah, I think I think it's right. I think if we win those three, by the time everything shakes out, the rest of the schedule might be pretty meaningless uh, or thereabouts. If we can wrap up this, it puts us at ten and four, and I think at that point. Uh, the playoff will be at the very least clinched. I think we'll have the West if we uh, if we can win those three games. Uh, I just don't see Seattle winning three games. I see minus one, two games and one. But even then, we'll be we'll be two games ahead if uh, if that happens, and then and we'll just have to beat Raiders or the Commanders and and be all right with it. Um, yeah, I think it's massive, uh, but it's not crucial, which is very interesting. I think even if we drop maybe this one, we'll still be looking good. So. Uh, it's one of those, uh, it's not crunch time. We don't have to win those games, those three games coming up. Uh, but if if we do, just like we did against the Cardinals, which that was a game where we needed to win, but we didn't have to win. Um, I think it's a nice position to be in. Just put yourself at ease for the for the rest of the season and have an easy December and uh, just mend the injuries and rest people, play other people that might, you know, play Jordan Mason and give him some experience for the playoffs and stuff like that. What do you think, Paul? I don't think we need to win in regard you've pointed out quite well because of our divisional record and the fact that we've still got the Cardinals and the Seahawks. But for me, I want to make a statement, Gareth. 
I'm, mm. I'm sick of my non-49ers fans reminding me that the Chiefs beat us and we've played nobody and we've got the ninth easiest schedule and, you know, it's all right beating up the Rams twice and beating the Cardinals. So I'd love to see us put a statement. If, like Nadji said, if we beat these next three teams, then that pretty much to me, you know, you've knocked off the Dolphins, you've knocked off Brady, you've knocked off your local rivals in Seattle Seahawks. So I'm feeling ever optimist. I mean... The Buccaneers are kind of staying there, aren't they, Nadja? I mean, the, the division there is disgusting. Let's not pretend it's not. It's been an awful, and unfortunately, the Buccaneers have hung around. So I've kind of got one eye on next week as well. And then, like you said, Gareth, we've got Seattle Thursday night. I'm confident we can win all three. We yep. need to win out, Gareth. So my 13 and 4 prediction is <laughs> part of the season. So me and Nadja are like, we've gone for 13 and 4. I think Lee did as well. So yeah. three of the four of us need the Niners to win out. So then our bold prediction at the start of the season comes true. So what's your thoughts on the next three games then? I think they they stand out from the schedule, uh, but I wouldn't sleep on uh, the Commanders as that fourth game. They are they are fourth in the NFC uh, East with a seven and five record. Yeah, they've they've won won five in a row, right, or something like that. Mm. And they they could still be fighting for a playoff. Uh, space. Absolutely. I think obviously the the Raiders and the and the Cardinals to finish the season uh, should be two teams that that don't really have much to play for, and hopefully players will be having more than one eye on the on the off season and and new contracts and things like that, rather than going that extra mile in a game where the team's got nothing to play for. Uh, but I certainly think out of out of the next uh, three games, we've got to win two of them. Uh, I think that the, the Seahawks is going to be the big one. And so long as we can knock off either the Buccaneers or the Dolphins, uh, I think that's going to set us up nicely for that last part of the season. Um, but I, I, I agree with you both. I think we need to make a statement win. And I need I think we need to put away uh, a team with a very good winning record uh, and, and put them away, not necessarily uh, comfortably, but show that we can uh, get a team like that into Santa Clara and we can beat them because that that's the sort of team we're going to be facing in, in the playoffs, playoffs or, yeah. or, or a team of that level. Uh, and, and there's no better time, chance to, to show what we can do uh, than putting them away. So any final thoughts before we wrap up, boys? Well, I'm surprised Nadji doesn't have a bigger smile, Gareth, with the news that Jimmy Ward hasn't been offered a new contract. <laughs> I mean, we've got... 32, 33 minutes in, and it hasn't been discussed. Well, they, they need to trade away Nick Bosa first to, to be able to afford Jimmy Ward's new contract. So, no, but I think it's just it's the part of it's a part of football that's business, isn't it? As much as I don't know, it was a top hundred player, should you expect him to be, you know, high on the list of resigning because he's a free agent next year? But I think I think it speaks, it speaks volume of what Hashan Gibson has been able to do mm. on his first year with us, and I think it Demico Ryan's is just. Uh, John Lynch has realized that we don't need to give him a whatever 12, 13 million dollars contract that he's going to ask for. Uh, we could just re-sign Tashin Gibson on, on, on a multi-year deal and it's going to cost us half the money that Jimmy Ward is. Jimmy Ward, uh, I, I'm going to repeat myself, but when we drafted him, he was terrible and he, he spent about five years. I know everybody's like, oh, he's the longest tenure. He's been with us for 10 years and he's amazing. But the first five or six years of his career, he was hardly on the field. And when he was, he was terrible until he found kind of his groove of safety. So uh, it, I just, yeah, I, to me, if it, go, if it comes down to having him rather than somebody cheaper and that's playing at the very least as well, 
in my opinion, better than what Jimmy Ward has played so far with us. It's it's a no-brainer decision, and I'm sure somebody will give him a contract that we can't afford anyway if we wanted to keep him. So, it's yeah. We'll, we'll see any off-season off-season talk. I just well, wanted to mention it, Gareth, because yeah, obviously yeah, you know a tongue-in-cheek, bit of a joke, but it's, it's equally. Funny. We all get to watch the game from the start this week, Gareth, as well. Maybe. <laughs> Don't jinx it. <laughs> There's no... Uh, might be losing the feed or whatever. And one uh, final thing. My phone has just pinged. So Nick Clark has been on a Niners podcast, which I'll tweet the link out. I haven't obviously listened to it because I've been with you guys, but it sounds as if uh, El Presidente has been shouted out by Nick Clark, which is good to see Nick... You know, showing the love for Lee and obviously with Lee being out there at the moment. And well, I say Lee being out there at the moment. I haven't Us. seen too many posts. I was going to say, else is, no, is he over there? Is he? Is he over there? Yeah. Some photos would be nice, wouldn't it? So. Yeah, I know. Lazy. Yeah. <laughs> behavior. Great stuff. Great shout out. So thanks for joining me, gents. And thanks to everyone who listens to the show. Like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next week to unpack the Dolphins game and hopefully be celebrating yet another Victory Monday. Enjoy your weekend. Go Niners. Good Sakaroonie, baby. 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest on the up all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick with all students and Bill Walsh. Don't ever.